Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. the privilege and again the honor to be invited uh, by Pastor Lorenzo to speak uh, at the church and um, it's a community that I love and I just want to share with you today what God has placed on my heart and uh, I just trust and I believe that you will be blessed today. Uh, I speak to you as a church. Uh, it's, it's actually a message for you. It's also a message for, for God's people all over because I know many of you are are tuning in from all over the world and and what an interesting and exciting time that we're living in i know it doesn't feel like it but i do believe with all of my heart in my soul and in my heart that god is up to something extraordinary and i don't want to miss out on that and i believe that you as a church we as a church we don't want to miss out on anything that god has for us and so today i am going to share with you a message that is very dear to my own heart um, it's the message that is always the theme that I always talk about, the theme of love. Uh, but today's title, I'm actually going to give it to you early, is called The Recovery of Love. And the recovery of love, maybe to you, uh, maybe seem like, why, why do we need to recover? I mean, we haven't lost love. But I want to actually pause and ask you to think deeply about our temperature of love, our fruit of love. How well do we love each other? How well do we love Jesus? And how are we com commissioned to actually become vehicles and just a catalyst of God's love to this world that is so much on, in need of that? And so that's going to be my theme. But I want to just give you a little bit of a background to that. Over the last uh, few months, uh, I've been doing my own soul searching. And one of the things that I'm coming back to, that Jesus is speaking to me again, is is telling me to go back to his teachings. And so I'm just on a new journey where it's like a new conversion for me is just to fall in love with Jesus again. And not just Jesus, but what Jesus was about. We always say, hey, Jesus is the most compelling character. He's our savior, our redeemer, our redeemer. He's a disruptive character. But at the same time, we don't always focus so much on what Jesus was about and his message. He speaks a lot about the kingdom. He speaks a lot about justice. He speaks a lot about love. And so I was curious to really understand his heart. And uh, today I'm going to, to invite you into the conversations that Jesus had with his disciples when Jesus transitioned from being on the earth to go back to his father he had this intimate conversation and if you look at the book of John where I'm going to go into is 14 15 16 17 you just hear the intimate cry of his heart and when you listen to the last sort of chapter or last word of a person's life you know that you have to pay attention to that and so this morning this afternoon this evening whenever whenever you're going to listen to this I want us to pay attention to these stories and so I'm going to read uh, if you have your Bibles with you your phones whether you're at home, I know some of you with, the, with this nice weather in, not in South Africa, no, South Africa is winter, but in, in, in Montreal it's summer. So if you're outside, I want to invite you to, to turn to the book of John chapter 15. And I'm going to read a few verses, verses 9 to 
17. And uh, I'm just going to ask, just read it, and then I'm going to pray for us. And so here, like I said to you, Jesus is now having a conversation with his intimate disciples, and he says to them, I love each one of you with the same love that the Father loves me. Now, even just that verse for me, it's like I need to sit like for a few hours to meditate on that, that Jesus says, I love you, and this is you listening to me right now individually as a person, as a family, as a church. But I first want to start with the individual life. Me, Yvonne, he says, I love you with the same love that the Father loves me. And it says, you must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Let my love nourish, nurturing part that, you know, feed your hearts. If you keep my commandments, and this is where, you know, have the, the dance of loving and doing. It says, if you keep my commandments, you will live in my love. Just as I have my Father's commandments for I continually this is what Jesus says, I am continually nourished and empowered by his love. And so these are the gems that we need to gather from Jesus when we talk about what is it all about? What is the essence of his message? And how did he do and commission and, and fulfill the mandate and the purpose of God for his life? He says, I'm continually living, nourished and empowered by the Father's love. Isn't that beautiful? My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my commandment to you, my dear ones, he would say to his disciples, my intimate friends. He says, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. And what a, what a, what a commandment, he said, as much as I have loved you. I want you to love each other deeply. And so just pause a little bit. All these verses are so filled with power and truth and freedom and dynamite and gold. So this is my commandment. It says love each other deeply. Not just, okay, I love you. Give me a high five. But it says, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. And we know how much Jesus loved us. And this is the standard for us. He said, for the greatest love of all is that love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. And this is what Jesus did. He sacrificed his life. life. He sacrificed his life for us. And that's a definition of the love that Jesus is talking about. And this is the love that I want us to really just have a conversation about and meditate to what we need to recover. And it goes on, it said, you show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants and servants don't always understand what the master is all about. So, intimacy the friends you, you're not someone i didn't talk to you about i've made secrets i've revealed it to you i share with you what is the most important thing and he said i confide in you and he's doing that even in this very moment this time as we watch as we gather as we listen in this moment of his regard still wants to confide his plans for us but i call him my most intimate friends I call him my most intimate friends, for I reveal to you everything that I've heard, what I've heard from the Father. 
You didn't choose me, but I've chosen you and commanded you to go into the world. So if you really listen to this important chapter, as I, I'm talking, it's not just about why I need to recover love, but I need to recover it. I need to be nourished. I need to be empowered because we are being commissioned. We are being sent to, into this world to share and make him known. And I want you to bear fruit and your fruit will last because whatever you ask in my father's name for my sake, I will give it to you. So this is my parting commandment. Love one another deeply. Those are the words. This is my parting command. Love each other deeply. So Father, thank you for the beauty of your word. Thank you that your word will enlighten us, will illuminate us, will strengthen us, will give us focus, perspective, and hope and joy today. Thank you for the people that are listening. Thank you that you deeply love each one of us. And so I pray this in Jesus' name. Be honored. Amen. And all the people on the chat shout, Amen. It's so good, eh? isn't it? Nice to hear God's word and just even, I don't have to say, even don't have to add a word to that chapter. That's his word. And I love how Jesus was, te I don't know, I love how Jesus had conversations with people. He never had a lot of teaching. He doesn't teach. It's always having conversations. Like I can just feel in that room, the coziness, the fire, the food. Uh, you know, they're sitting down in a circle. They see each other's faces, each other's expressions. And they, they, they're having this intimate and deep conversation with Jesus. And I believe as you, as we are gathering in homes for now, I trust that we will have captured a little bit of what I believe God also wants us to be is a fellowship, a community, a people who can really intimately have, have not, not just com communion, but really connect with one another at a deeper level. So the recovery of love is really, uh, I must give you some, some background. A few years ago in my own spiritual journey, I, I had this crisis of faith where I wasn't sure what I really wanted to believe. I, I came to a point where I said, Jesus, there's something about my faith, something about what I know that is missing. And I want you to teach me. And I, I took a year, basically, I have to say, it, I didn't go to much church. I didn't really, well, I, I don't want to say it out loud like that, but it was like us, you know, we took a year out. And I said, Jesus, you need to teach me everything that I need to know. And I, and I went through the word and I asked God to detoxify me from any religion, anything that I've heard. And I want to hear God's word. And one of the things that he talked to me about is his heart and his love for me. And I went to, to I had a spiritual director and she gave me the book called The Recovery of Love. And it's sort of a mystical book. It's for, for those who are I don't really like to be quiet, but I had to go through a phase where I needed to, to embrace silence. And I, and I went on these retreats where for a few days you couldn't speak and you just had to listen. And so this spiritual director guided me through my own process and, and I was awakened, I can say to you again, by the extraordinary grace and love of our God. And so, so the recovery of love basically comes out of that chapter in my life. And, and it's a, such a beautiful word because recovery, the definition of recovery is a return to a normal state of health, mind or strength. We always say the person is in recovery. In other words, there was an illness, there was a sickness, there was an injury, and now you need to, to take time out to recover. But you actually go back to the state a normal state of health, but even in God's word, it always takes us back to a greater level of where we started. Or the other uh, definition is an action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. And so we need to recover what was stolen.
And if you look at the chapter, if you look at Jesus and his word, it says the thief comes to steal and to destroy and to rob you. But I came so that you can have life. And so often, people, so often we have been robbed of truly understanding, embracing, pursuing love because we've been hurt by love. And these are just uh, words that I'm going to say to you. Like, Let me just talk to you about why the recovery. If love needs to be recovered, what is the crisis? So what is the, the, what is the damage that has been done if I'm talking about recovery? What are the addictions and dysfunctions that are robbing us, that are vying for our hearts and our love? And how have we lost it? And what are the attachments that we are making other than the message that Jesus just taught us in John chapter 15? What are the gods or the idols that we are worshiping and loving more than him? Those are all the things that rob us of love and therefore we need to recover that. And then the other one, the deep one, is how have we been wounded or traumatized by our concept of love? So we therefore say that love is not a safe place anymore. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to embrace. I don't want to make myself open and love people anymore because I've been traumatized and I've been hurt. And so how do we recover in the situation if that is our truth or our reality? Whenever there is control, abuse, oppression, misuse of power, racism, Leadership that is based in fear or parenting that is based in fear, love is not present. Therefore, we need to recover love in those situations. And so the thing that pushed me and urged me to move forward in this theme is because obviously I've been, my heart has been captivated. It's not necessarily the word, but my heart has been grieved by what I see in our world when we just hear again all the, 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 the pain, uh, the turmoil, uh, the oppression and um, you know, just stuff that we don't want to face. And I'm saying, Jesus, what are you saying? And he said, I want my people, my church will have to do the work. It, it cannot depend on all the governments, all the people who are going to do all the restoration, the reparation, the restitution, the reconciliation, all those words that I believe is our mandate. But if you're going to do that, your heart will have to be captivated, yield, restored, like Jesus said, nourished and empowered by the love that Jesus has for us. And so I want us to pause and meditate, not just this day, not this, I only have a few minutes to, to teach a huge topic, but I hope that this will be something that will awaken your curiosity, that you will be able to pursue that with all of your heart, like a, like. Paul says, he said, may, may your, your heart boil over with passion and pursue the greatest and the most excellent way, which is that. So are you still with me? Yeah. I just want to, I just want to, to I just want to hear and, and sense that people are listening. So, so the first point that I really want us to, to talk about is rec the point that I want to make is recovery of love. We recover love when we can transition from our illusions to reality. We recover when we can transition from our illusions to our reality, meaning our truth, because often in our lives, we need to realize that we've lived out of, a, uh, of an illusion. And you know, as, as, as a church general, not just Rivers Ash, but the church globally, is, we are all doing some soul searching that we need to face our, our illusions of, of, of love and of what it means to be a neighbor. 
and and so the whole conversation of racial healing came up because we realized that oh jesus just uncovered that that we're not so good at it uh we need to now face the fact and our truth and and just not be in denial about it and say yes we we fall short we we need help we need to be healed in this area and so when we can face our illusions then we can transition into truth and freedom and so the awakening process takes place when we realize that and so when we leave love when we when i'm when i'm obsessed by all the things that i just shared earlier it leaves my heart empty and in bondage and i'm not open and then my heart becomes stony and i don't have any passion anymore for jesus for his world for what's going on and so this love the recovery of love is connected to our passion and the passion is connected to our purpose and the purpose is connected to the mission that god has for us and so today that's my heart for us that we personally would be awakened but also that we as his people we have no choice if you've signed up if you are part of a kingdom culture now you cannot be passive you cannot just be like closing your eyes and live in your own home and say i no longer want to be part of a church or a local community we don't have that choice because we 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 have the name of jesus on our hearts and and he's calling us he's commissioning us and today i'm here just to awaken us to say you know let's just wipe off and ask god to heal where we need to heal put off the you know like my mother would always say to our boys like in a shake of the dust and just get up again and move forward let's move forward let's just stay in these places that are void of love and community and purpose and joy and and passion jesus has a word for each one of us and and i love him so much for that that he just always pursues us but this is really our moment i feel it really in my bones that this is a moment we talked about revival we talked about renewal we talked about being refreshed but what will that look like and i believe it's in these areas of 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 renewal of restitution of restoration that we need to walk this path so the recovery of love is going to be that we need to acknowledge that we also have our illusions that we need to face our belief systems that are not leading us to that place of love the second huge point i only i have only three major points the second huge point is a point right back to jesus he says the recovery of love is the journey back to the heart of god it's all coming back to him i think we all have asked god many questions in 2020 you know during this pandemic what are you saying to us as a church what are you saying to me as an individual and i think god is saying i want you to go back to my teaching i want you to go come back to jesus jesus come back to jesus it is all about him and everything i do and be and become has to reflect him and his his word because his path will take us to that place of fruitfulness to that place of freedom to that place of impact and of influence that we so long to have so it's coming back to the heart of god and i'm always amazed when jesus you know so i want you to listen to with the ears of your spirit when you read the words of jesus he always talks about his the heart of god he always talks about in even in these chapters he says the holy spirit will come back and he will teach you because without the spirit of god without holy spirit we cannot love so he said i'm going to send the spirit of god holy spirit and he will teach you all that i have taught you you will make known what the father has and bring it to you so we this is not something we can do in our flesh okay so just remember um, even it sounds good but it's we need him for that so when we enter into safe spaces jesus father he says i want to invite you 
into a safe space. And this is really God. And today I just want to share if you feel that, you know, you've run away from Jesus or God or church because you've been wounded by people. People are not God. They're not, you know, some people say, I don't ever want to go to church again because the church hurt me. We are the church, okay? You and I, we are the church. I am the church, and I need to take responsibility and become the best version of what God has given to me or be a good steward of his heart and his talent, the talents and the purpose. So why don't I become that catalyst of change that I so much want to see? And so I would encourage each one of you to do that today. And so the Father, Jesus Holy Spirit are inviting you and I into safe spaces to have conversations with him. He says, talk to me. I want to hear your heart. I want to hear what's bothering you. I want to hear everything, your dreams, your sadness, your, your good times, your down times. Everything come. I want, I'm, I'm the safest person. And we had this series uh, not a long uh, ago and we talked and I shared about, you know, unmasking. And it's only, we can only fully be unmasked in the presence of love because no one wants to come in the presence of of someone or in a space where you don't, uh, me, I don't share my heart in a space where I don't feel safe. And I'm sure you like that too. You want to have a safe space, a soft place to fall on where you can actually share what you need to share. And so God wants that from us. And today this is what he said, come back to my heart. I care, I love, I'm here to listen. I ask questions. And, and then we just have to, I know we don't like to talk about this. I need to acknowledge where I've made other things greater than Jesus, where I've pursued my own addictions, my own attachments, where that is in, 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 uh, in competition with this love that he has for us and that he wants us to reflect. And so we acknowledge and we repent and we turn away and we say, God, I start over with you. Here's my heart. Here's my mind. I drink deep from the well of your love. I want to have what Jesus is talking about because if you say that you're my friend, you're calling me intimate friends and you want to share what you have for me. And so all the story, all, all the recovery process, all this journey that he has for us, it's not just for me. I always want us, I always want to be a person like that where God says, whatever I've blessed you with, it's not just for you, it's for other people. I think the greatest joy, and like you said, the greatest gift is when we sacrifice for another person. That's when love is really in action. It's really the fact that we have been blessed to bless another. We're not just blessed, our families are not just blessed for our own households, but to be a blessing to another. And so God has entrusted us the message of reconciliation, the message of love, so that we can go out. And that's why we are all saddened and grieved when we hear these stories of abuse of children. We just recently, again, you know, heard about the kids that were buried. I mean, that, like, how do you respond to that? But to say, Jesus, help us. How can I now be a healing bomb? What can I do? How can we as God's people start the conversation, invite conversations, ask questions, and then be able to share that message that is so deeply and powerful? Because I believe that we have the message. We just need to understand that we have that power and that, and that we have that love. We just come to him. That's why we gather. That's why we listen to God's word every day. That's why we do it because there's so many things that are coming against our hearts and are fighting for our souls. All right. So the third point that, and my last point that I want to share with you is that love commissions us to communicate the message. When we recover, now that we know and we understand a bit more or have a greater understanding or a deeper encounter with the heart of God, his love. He now says to you, 
I'm commissioning you. Like he told the disciples, I want you now. I'm just going to read it. He said, you did not choose me, but I've chosen you. And commissioned you to go into the world to do what? To bear fruit. Not for us to be ineffective. That's why we all feel horrible when we feel like we don't see fruit to our work. We don't see this. God has called us and commissioned us to be effective, to bear fruit. And he said fruit that will last because whatever we ask him according to his will, he will give it to us. So this is my parting commandment. He says, love one another. And so this is deeply, and it's, you know, it's like deep words, eh? And, and it's foreign. Like, look, we know if all you, we use this word love so easily, but we have to acknowledge, and this is illusion, we don't know too much about that deep pure, holy father love. And we all want, we all need that. I need that in my own heart. But I just want us to emphasize this, that love commissions us to communicate the message of restoration and of freedom. When we, when you and I, when we can come into the presence of our God and we can truly be captivated and nourished and empowered by his love, then we have the freedom to share what he has done for us. Then we have the freedom to be able to choose how we can restore and how we can love and, and just walk that extra mile that he talks about. So many teachings of every teaching that Jesus did or every conversation, everything that he did actually boils down to the practicality of this message. Because we cannot teach or share the message of restoration and of healing and of reconciliation if our hearts are numbed and iced and, 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 and indifferent and lack of passion. It's only when we can be have this encounter. And that's why he's saying, that's why he's washing his, the feet of his disciples. When he washed their feet, he said, I want you to do the same. It's not that I want people to wash my feet. I don't want people to wash my feet, actually. But I want us to know that the symbol there is that I need to serve you with humility. I need to know that I have the power, but it's power under control, in submission, because that is what Jesus was. I'm always captivated by how Jesus led, because he left from a place of security. He was the most powerful person, but he was obedient to the cross. And he, he took upon himself our shame, but he still had the most power in the world, but he made, cho made choices, because he didn't have to go there. And this is what he's leaving us to emulate, to become, to be his example. Isn't that beautiful? So people, you don't have a choice. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're commissioned. You have work to do. We have work to do. 2021 is our year for us to do a lot of work for him and to really start. I believe, I'm just saying this, you don't have to agree with me, but I believe the season of, 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 of just being withdrawn a bit and not being so busy with all the stuff that we are busy about and sometimes our business has got nothing to do with bearing fruit, but it's just listening to his heart. Jesus, what are you saying to me? Refresh me, equip me, nourish me, empower me, because we want, he wants to position his church, because I do believe he's going to do extraordinary things in this world. And we see glimpses of that. All right, so the end game, the motivation of it all is for us to go out and to be able to have conversations around people, with people, to love and so may God equip us as he commissions us to, to share his word. I want to read it though, First Corinthians chapter 13, 12 and 31. And this is Paul because Paul echoes the same message in First Corinthians chapter 12, 
verses 31. You can put it somewhere in your chat. And um, if you want the notes, I will definitely give it to you. But I just wanted you to listen a bit carefully. So he says this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, he says, let me just find it. Never stop. Okay, let me just go forth a little bit further. Yeah. But you should constantly boil. This is the Passion Version for those who find it a bit too poetic. You can read it in the NIV or in any other version. I just wanted, it just kind of makes it a little bit more personal. But he says, this is what Paul says, but you should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts he says and now i will show you a superior way to live that is beyond comparison and he says pursue the greatest and run for the prize of love he says so above all else let love be the beautiful prize for which you run that's paul echoing the very words of jesus and so when Jesus then continues, why do I say that love is such an important component? Why we need to recover as we commission? If you look back at the story, there are different stories. I, I, I'm going to share all the stories because my scripture today was John 15. But when Jesus invites Peter, and I remember Jesus, Peter was in the room when Jesus had this conversation about love. And when Peter denied Jesus and decided, like, you know, his heart was hurt by love, by hope, he said, I don't believe. And I was really disappointed and hurt. And he left and went back to his old, old job. And then Jesus had to come back and re remember the story for those who don't know these stories. Peter is one of the key disciples of Jesus. And he left and he denied Jesus. And he just said, I don't know Jesus, but now Jesus believed in Peter so much and he knew that Peter loved him even in his state of denial. Jesus knew that Peter loved him though. And so it just shows you that we can love Jesus and still go astray, but Jesus committed to our process. And I comes to Peter and then the way he restores Peter, it, it, and I just really, this is what I love about Jesus. And, and I hope we can learn how he does things. He ask questions, always asking questions. Because questions invite people to express their hearts. It's not condemning, oh, you're so horrible, Peter. Look here, after all I've done for you, how can you deny me? Like you're horrible. He didn't condemn him. He said, Peter, and this is the most beautiful. I always share the story. He said, do you love me? Peter, he asked, do you love me? And, and then he says, feed my sheep. And he asked Peter again the third time, Peter, do you love me? And then Peter just, well, just hurt and he, he just wept and he says, Yes, God, you know all things. And it says, take care of my lambs. And so the connection here that I want to make is that the recovery of love is connected with our commission to feed and to nourish the world that is so much in need. He wants us to feed his sheep, the sheep of the people that we are called to do, to, to, to serve. People who don't know Jesus, people who do know Jesus, but those who are yet to come, we are called as his people to do that. But the the... It's almost like the currency that Jesus uses is, I want to know that you love me. Because if you do love me, you will feed them. So there's a difference. He says, yeah, we need to love one another. But he says, the only way that I know that you can, the love that you can do my commandments is if you love me. So if you say that you love me, do what I say. So not only do we need to fall in love with Jesus, but we need to fall in love with what Jesus was about. And that's important. And so Jesus said, I want to invite you into that place of recovery because I need in this moment, 2021, more than ever before, we need people who have been captivated by the heart of God, who's empowered by his love, so we can feed the people. 
questions that Jesus always asked. Remember with Philip, the thousands of people came to him and Jesus asked him, how are we going to feed them in you? I mean, it's always questions. He asked the woman with the issue of blood, who touched me? He didn't say, why did you touch me? You're a woman, you're not supposed to touch me. I'm a man. Who touched me? Inviting a conversation, inviting into your heart to say, what is it? What is going on? Ask people questions. If you, I was thinking about this whole, we just had a, com uh, a teaching with, uh, I'm on the board of the Four Seas, and we had a whole conversation on racial healing and, and diversity and equality. And the big thing that she said was, you know, as a white person or as a black person, you don't know what it means to be a black. You don't, if you, you're not in the skin of a black person or a white person. But ask them questions. Don't, don't presume to say, hey, ask questions, talk to them, listen. And I, I'm just like, this is just one aspect of this whole message of restoration and reconciliation or pain. Ask questions, don't, make pres don't assume things because Jesus always asks questions. Who touched me? How can I help you? Do you want to get well? Because the questions are always about relationship, restoration, healing, not, can, not condemnation, not pushing people away, but listening to that. Every question communicated curiosity. Jesus always invites reflection and conversation. So what kind of questions do you need to ask one another today? What kind of questions do you want Jesus to ask you? And what kind of questions do you have for him today? And so this is the word of the Lord today to you, my dear ones. May we recover love where you feel that your love or your concept or experience of love has been marred. You know, it's been scattered or shattered, or broken. You know, Jesus calls us to, to rebuild things that have been broken down. He calls us his message from Genesis to Revelation. And today, if we're going to be the, the people to do that, I believe we need to be captivated. We need to be encountered. We need his spirit to pour, be pour, pour out the love of the Father into our hearts and that we truly can know what it means to love the hurting and the broken and be a voice of hope in this world. And so, Father, thank you so much for your word. Father, thank you that whenever we hear these words, whenever we are in your presence, God, we just know that we come into the presence of a safe place. And we just want to say that you would come and fill our hearts. We want to recover. We pray that you would cleanse our hearts where we need cleansing. But above all else, Father, we want to open our hearts to you and say, give us a new understanding. Open the eyes of our heart like Paul prayed so I can understand the depth and the width and the, and the, and the, the height of your love. And God, anything that comes against us, any, any, any bondages, any, any idolatry, any belief systems, any unresolved hurt or unforgiveness, anything that that, that wants to steal that place of love, I pray that you would come now and we just bring it to you. Just bring it to Jesus because that's what he died for. Eh? First Corinthians 13 speaks about, you know, love doesn't traffic in shame. Whatever the issue is, whatever you're going through, just give it to him today. And Father, I pray now because of Jesus, because by your spirit, that you would pour your love into each one of our hearts. And if you're here today and you say, I don't know, Jesus, I'm not even sure if I, I can understand what you're talking about. Continue the conversation, ask him questions. And just today, maybe say yes, say today, Jesus, I say yes to you. I invite you into my, on my path. I want to follow you in Jesus name.
And so, God, we love you. We honor you. We pray that we would become a community, a people, individuals, families will be marked and characterized by love so that we can truly be the change and the healing bomb that this world so desperately need in this age, 2021. We honor you. We bless you in the name of Jesus and for your glory alone. And so God bless you. I trust and I believe that this is the word of the Lord. So his word will not return unto him void. Be blessed and just do some one thing, even if this is one thing that you can do today. Maybe just to add value to a life, a friend, maybe a letter, a note, a phone call. But let us, like we started today, to worshiping him and blessing our Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you and have an extraordinary day, a week, uh, a month. Uh, it's just been good to be with you today. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.